Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. And now, join Kevin Hart as he dives into the minds of some of the world's funniest comedians. This is Comedy Goldmines with Kevin Hart. Welcome, world. Welcome to an oh, all-new yeah. episode. Stop. You can't do that. Stop that. Okay. Let me get my introduction out. This is what people come for. It's the buildup. Let me give them the buildup before I tell them who's here. What's the buildup? You're all over the place. There's no buildup. You're on TV. You're on the radio. You're on podcasts. You're on commercials. You're on, I, I mean, so what's built? What's building up? Nothing. Because any, anywhere you look, there you are. So there's no buildup. Okay, this is a different version of me. What I'm doing is giving people different pieces of me. In this particular piece, watch how I change. Oh, how many pieces are there? Because there's so many cut up already out there. How many more pieces are there, Kevin? Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this particular guest is not only a friend, she's like a sister. I mean, God, comedian, author, actress, uh, personality. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. Asshole is in there for sure. Uh, uh -huh. Chelsea Handler is on Comedy Gold Mines today. Normally, Chelsea, I say. Do you remember that time we bleached your asshole for Chelsea lately? No. No, you did, You never bleached my ass. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, we did. We bleached your asshole for a bit for Chelsea lately to see, yeah. No, no, Chelsea, that wasn't me. I was there and I was the doctor. No, Chelsea, you never did that, okay? And, and bringing up Chelsea lately actually is a great segue into this relationship because I know people... I know people want to basically go and say, how do we know each other? How are we close? Why would Kevin even talk to Chelsea Handler? Why is she a friend? Well, it's because of Chelsea lately. Oh, God. Chelsea Handler, believe it or not, people, was one of the first individuals to give Kevin Hart a platform to put on my comedic talents in a way that I was never able to before. She allowed me to panel panel with other comedians and what we would do is we would piggyback off of an opportunity given by Chelsea who was the host a very gracious host may I add who had the idea to involve comedians into her world her platform and she said this is a place where other comedians can come be funny I let them be funny they make me funnier we have a piggyback. We build a relationship, more importantly, a rapport. But what she didn't realize is that she was making careers. Chelsea, now that you sit in the seat that you sit in, do you look back at the days of Chelsea lately and realize how many comedians' lives you honestly helped change? How many comedians you actually gave financial stability? Especially into a place where, I mean, you know, like anybody else, the money comes very far, few and in between. Do you have any idea the number of the comedians that can go, holy shit, Chelsea lately gave me road comic life? Has that hit you? 
Oh, well, that's so nice, Kevin. That's so nice of you to say. You know who tells me that all the time? Joe Coy. He tells me that all the time. And, and, I, and I always get so embarrassed, not embarrassed, but I just don't even think of the show in that way. But of course, when I look at Tiffany and you guys, and I remember the first times you guys were on the panel and Fortune Feimster and Joe Coy and looking at all of your careers. Yeah, it's so heartwarming to see that all of you guys have made such huge successes out of yourselves and that I had something to do with that, you know, that I was smart enough to see the talent in all of you. I remember when Tiffany came on E, like on Chelsea Lately, E was like, they would call me every day and try and get me to, you know, bleep this or not say fuck, shit, piss, whatever I was saying at the time. And I would always just tell them to fuck off, you know, like I had no respect for them and I would just kind of abuse my power in that situation. And when Tiffany Haddish came on and she was so dirty, dirtier than I I ever had been like she was just saying cunt and pussy and stuff like that and I was I was like oh I loved it you know I was like yes yes <laughs> like a black woman talking like this on television like that's what I wanted to see you know and so E had of course was like no 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 she's too dirty she's too dirty I was like no she's not it's perfect so anytime I had her on it was like a hassle you know but yeah of course and it's nice to just yeah thank you for that I mean it's nice to think about it in that way of course you don't think about yourself in that way unless you have your head so far up your ass kevin and you know because your head has been that far up your ass <laughs> multiple times well, well before i know i know that we're going to go down the asshole train so before we do go there i felt that it was uh i felt there was a need of mine to say well let me start off on a good track and the good track is definitely just uh you're a comedian's comedian right and i say that because any comedian that that provides any opportunity for others well you're a comedian's comedian because you know the world and the road that comedians go through so for that moment that show that act as a stepping stone for so many and i'm gonna tell you what's funny chelsea um i remember when when we finally clicked on that show like you you had me on a couple times and i remember when i finally understood how to take over in those moments given to me on the panel and it wasn't just about the little the little opportunity to comment on a on a on a piece it was the back and forth with you and when i discovered that i said oh the goal here is to get chelsea to go back and forth with me when I can get Chelsea to go, what do you mean by that? That's just ridiculous. No, it's not, Chelsea. It's not ridiculous. And when we had a conversation, well, that's where the comedy really came from. Because it showed that, oh, wow, she really has a relationship with some. And as the consistency, the consistency you know, uh, started to take place, our dynamic grew. Our relationship, of course, grew. But I learned a little from you there. I learned a little from you there. And it was it was to to be a great host, you gotta understand how to let others fucking shine. It makes you shine more. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. And and I thank you again for that very nice compliment. But I think the world of being a stand-up comedian, you're used to being on stage alone holding a microphone. It doesn't occur to you to share that light because there's only enough light for you and your microphone. The re very reason we're up there is to not share light. <laughs> you know what I mean? Otherwise, we'd be in a fucking band. So when <laughs> when when you when you can think outside of your own you know well-being and realize how kind of you know easy my road has been it's easy to share but it's also it's a good demonstration for other people you know who have a hard time sharing like everyone reaps the benefits you know when the when the tide rises all the boats sail with it so it's like remember that 
for all people listening to do that in every aspect of your life because it yields better results, you know, and and lots of love and good vibes. Now, Chelsea, I mean, look, the Chelsea Lately show was a, was definitely a hit. You, like we said, you had so much success there. But what what was before that? What was what was Chelsea's road? To success before that, I was before OnlyFans was OnlyFans. Okay, you. Were. Um, I started that. Yeah, I launched that. Um, and I was basically the CEO and CFO of that company for about fifteen years. And then I started Chelsea lately. <laughs> what was the road from when? From what? I mean, first of all, I want to know where you're from. Where are you from? Livingston, New Jersey. Livingston, New Jersey, East Coast girl. I love it. That explains so much to me. Your big break. What was the big break? Well, I had a couple things that just lined up in the right, you know, order. And uh, I know I got Girls Behaving Badly, which was this kind of like cable show, this hidden camera, but really stupid, silly, improvisational where I could be as stupid as possible. Like I would pee in my pants when we were filming. We would be laughing so hard. I mean, the things that we were able to say and do and put the, the situations we were put in were really fun. So it was like that. Then I wrote my first book. You know, I had a series of development deals that just went kind of nowhere. And then E gave me a show, the Chelsea Handler show, which didn't do well. But off of that, they said you should do a late night show. And mm -hmm. that was how Chelsea Lately happened. What was the Chelsea Handler show? The Chelsea Handler show was like a sketch comedy show where, you know, I just basically made fun of people, but in in character. Then Chelsea okay. Lately was just me making fun of people as me, which was much more okay. comfortable. <laughs> Now, uh, stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy, of course, plays a major part uh, in your success. Um, that road, that road to success. How did that even start? When, when did Chelsea say, you know what, stand-up comedy is for me? Oh, God. Well, I got this DUI when I was like 21 years old, and they sent you to a DUI school. And at DUI school, they basically teach you how to get out of your next DUI. They're like, okay, never admit, you know, that you've had a cocktail. The minute you admit you have a cocktail, then they can give you, you know, a, a roadside test, a sobriety test. I'm like, wait a second, is this a class to get out of my next DUI or as punishment for my first one? <laughs> anyway, at the end of this class, like every class, they made somebody get up and tell their story, their DUI story. And mine was ridiculous because it involved me. And of course, it, you know, I was in Sybil Brand, downtown women's jail, like LA Sybil Brand for 48 hours because the the systems were shut down so you can't I think get... I was in I think I was in there for like the same I might have been in jail for two days after the DUI really you were in there yeah. for female prostitution too okay well no I think okay that's, that's so why don't you just back sure. it up and so you know okay. what you're talking about okay <laughs> anyway so you go to this class and I was so scared Kevin because they you, everyone had to get up and publicly talk about their DUI experience and I was like oh fuck I'm like I can't publicly speak that was the scariest thing in the world to me and I every class I just hid and just you know, hoped that the guy wouldn't call on me he was this little Japanese man and I was like oh get away from him you know I didn't want him to see me and then on the very last day of the class I went up there and told my story and I just loved talking you know telling my story I just loved love it what came with that and I and everyone was laughing and I wouldn't get off. I mean I did like 20 minutes was it was it one of those things where as you got the laughs you got more confidence in the story. Like as you as you heard a couple chuckles, you just were a little more free with telling what happened. And and by the time the end of it came, it was like holy shit, holy shit. Like this this is a thing. This could be a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, my my big thing with stand up was my nerves, like getting past my fear of it. And of course I knew I would do it because, you know, if I'm fearful of something, I have to do it. And then I get 
you know, and then I overdo it and then I get sick of it. And I'm like, that's annoying. And then I have to reintroduce myself to it. So that's been my pattern. But yeah, I did that. And I thought like, oh, stand up is a way for me to share my story because all my stand-up has ever been are my personal stories. That's my gift is I'm able to communicate and articulate my experience. And anyone who has a similar one mm-hmm. can identify with that, right? And so when you realize that, you're like, okay, well, then that's a, that's a decent enough purpose. That That's something I can hone in on, you know, or home in. I don't know if it's hone or home. I, I honestly can't help you. I can't I know, help you. Either. I know who I'm talking to. So don't worry. I wasn't expecting any help from I don't, you. I don't understand what your deal is with me and my, and my educational background. You know, you mispronounce a couple words around you and all of a sudden you're just judged forever. Yeah. You know what? I have a really high standard of use of language and I feel like people shouldn't say you shouldn't use trendy language and say words like anyways when it's anyway is the word. There's no reason to add an S. Who the fuck are you to say that? You don't know. You don't know what I can say or why I say it. You can say whatever you want to say, but I don't want to hear about it. Like, I don't want to hear people say 100%. Why? Correct. Correct. I'm dead. I'm de- I don't like trendy language. I think it sounds really stupid. You know what sounds stupid? You not liking trendy languages. That's what sounds okay. stupid. Because let me tell you what's in right now. Yeah? 100%. Yeah, 100% is out. It's on its way out. It's over. It's been replaced by correct, correct, and obsessed obsessed. That's what people say. I would argue that there's a lot of people in mental institutions that would disagree with your meaning of the word obsessed. Well, well, you know what? Let me tell you what. Dead. Let me tell you dead. what. I'm, That's what people say now. I'm dead. I said it to my wife the other day. My wife said something to me and I laughed. I was like, I'm dead. Well, are you dead? For our listeners, just in case you guys aren't up to speed on the lingo, I am, you know, that's because I'm in the in crowd. I'm dead. I'm dead, basically, is my way of saying this was so crazy and so funny to me that I, I basically feel like I'm dead. Yeah, uh-huh. Isn't it funny to go, baby, that was so funny? Baby, that was so funny. That's much better that than I'm give dead. That's a true expression what dumb, of what I feel it's like. It's not a true expression. It's just, it's a button. It's replacing another expression. And you're just hopping on a bandwagon because you have no original thoughts of your own. You know what you sound like? You sound like you sound like an older woman is mad at young kids for having fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's, what you, that's what you sound like. That's exactly what you sound like. Didn't you just turn fifty? I just turned forty-two. Well, that's 40, close to fifty. I still got some time. I'm definitely I definitely am on the other side of uh realizing where I am uh in age versus where this younger generation is. Like, it's starting to really set in. Yeah. I'm definitely seeing a true gap. So do you feel like, Kevin, let me ask you a question about yourself in this moment. Do you feel like you are working too much? Um, I feel like, I feel like I'm definitely, I'm, I'm definitely doing a lot, but I know why. And, I, and I'm, I'm trying to do it to get to this thing so that I can stop doing it. Like, I'm, I'm like, there's a, there's a goal at hand and within this ecosystem that I'm creating and this brand and this company and the personality, it all fits. But for it to kind of be complete, it has to get my 100%. It has to get it. That's actually the, the correct usage of 100%. That's fine, the way you said it. So good for you. Who the fuck are you to tell me that? I, if, if I want to use it wrong, Chelsea, that's my choice. Yeah, it okay? is a choice. Don't, no, it's your don't, choice. Don't, I'm just reminding tell me. you. Of your I, choice. I and stop whining. What's well, not you, whining? It's, what it's is when that I get then? Frustrated. When I yeah. get frustrated, my voice gets a little high. 
when I get frustrated. Yeah, a little bit like your son when he throws a tantrum. Do you, do you feel like I'm working too much as a friend? Are you are you worried about me? Well, as a friend, I think that you have so much success and I want you to enjoy it and have the balance of the success with the family. And I know you're a family guy and you spend time, but I just know how much you do. You can't you you can't not be exhausted. So that's what I think about when I think about you. Well, you know, I'll tell you the truth. There's definitely moments where I look up and I'm like, wow, you know, this this is a lot. But the way that I operate, the way that I function is if it's attached to something, if it's attached to a task, uh, and, and that task has a in, an end point where goal completed, uh, agenda fulfilled, execution, like if, if I can do that, I find energy in that. And you know what, what, what I do, like, what makes me a little nervous, right? And I, I've been talking about this uh, with a couple friends. It's like, you know, we're, we're at a point now where we've done so much. And I, I include you in this conversation. We've done a lot. We've worked a lot. And as comedians, you know, we're on that fucking road. We're, we're on planes. We travel. We're in hotels. And, and you get to a point where you do start to really think about sitting down, right? But my fear, my fear is when you sit down, if you don't have anything to do, what does that do to you? What does that do to you as a person? What does that do to the mind of a, of a person that's used to being on the go and always, always like in, in the place of, I gotta, I gotta, how do I, how do I? Like to have nothing and to just be okay with that, my fear is I don't know how long I'll last in that. Well, you don't have to have nothing. You can just not do, you know what I mean? It's not about one or the other. You can, and also when you have it, you're talking about it like it's based in fear. Like you're, you're fearful even thinking about that instead of thinking like, oh, wow, that's another adventure. You know, that's a whole other adventure. Anytime I've taken a time out, it's like, I look at that as a huge adventure for me. I'm like, okay, well, you know, soak this in now because when you're going to go back and focus, you know, I just start, I'm going back on tour for my vaccinated and horny tour. And I'm a completely in a completely different headspace than I was the last time I went on tour. You know, mm -hmm. I used to party, be wasted and whatever. It's like, I can't, I can't get away with that behavior anymore. You know, I'm 46 mm -hmm. years old. I have to be sharp. I have to be like clear headed. You know, I have to treat myself in a completely different way. And even though it's like, oh, I know I, it's so important for me to focus on one thing at a time for me. I, I've mm. learned that over the years, that the less balls I'm juggling, the higher quality I put out. Well, wait a minute now. Jesus Christ, Chelsea. That's your personal business, and I, I don't think that it, in this podcast. No one is talking about we don't you, need Kevin. To know. No one is talking about I'm your just, balls, and no one even referenced balls. But that's what was wrong. You just said, I'm juggling. I can't manage a lot of balls. Anytime a man hears juggling, they have to immediately go to their balls. And let me just remind you, I have been on record for the last 20 plus years talking about my wish for men to shut the fuck up about their balls. Don't ever bring it up. If I don't talk about my if balls. If we want to know about your balls, you'll hear about well, it. Well, I, I got no problem telling you about mine. I don't have, I don't have attractive balls. I don't have good balls. That's why I don't talk about my balls. Okay, well, my wife would wow. tell you, honey, do I have good balls? Spoiler alert! I have. I have. I Nobody have... thought you had good balls, Kevin. Nobody. Well, first of all, nobody I'm just was saying... like, "Hey, Kevin Hart must have great balls. Why wouldn't he?" What man brags about their balls? I, I've never heard a man. You just immediately brought balls up. All I said was juggling. No, that's and... not what you said. You said your exact words were, "I found that I'm at my best when I'm not juggling a lot of balls. That's when I put out." 
That now that now I don't know what the fuck you yeah, were talking and I, and about. What, and your takeaway from that sentence is to talk about testicles. So that's exactly the difference. If I didn't know you, if I didn't know you, then I wouldn't think like that. Knowing you makes me think, well, I know Chelsea's talking about a crazy night. Knowing you, knowing you, yeah, that's right. the only mm-hmm. reason why. Mm-hmm. Now that yeah. you clear it up, well, that's out of my head. But don't, mm-hmm. I only thought what I thought for a second. This is gaslighting is what's happening right now. You're gaslighting me. Uh, don't you try to use a fucking term like that on me that I don't really know what it means yet. Okay, and when I do find out, you better believe I'll come back to you with something. Okay, gaslighting. I ain't gaslighting nothing. I ain't never set no gas station on fire. Never, never have I ever. Never have I God, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're a dad. You have dad humor now. Talk about headspace. No, you're talking about you being in a good headspace. Oh, we're talking about headspace. I thought you were talking about headspace. You're probably doing work with them, do. too, aren't I actually you? Do. Yeah, you are. Actually. I actually, do. <laughs> actually, they're my partners. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. I want to talk about what you just said. I want to back up. You said something that really got my attention. You said, you know, a new adventure. You said, Kevin, that could, that could present itself to be a new adventure for you, and then that you can find some new joy. You shouldn't be afraid of that. And I like that. I, I instantly, I grabbed that. I held on to it, and I, I put it in my pocket so that I can revisit it later. Um, for you, right, and you're, you're talking about going on a new tour, the Vaccinated and Horny Tour, um, are you excited more about comedy today than you were yesterday with the state that comedy seems to to be in and with the 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 obstacles that have presented itself to to kind of you know be in the way or not be in the way for for some comedians what's your take on that now and your feeling i mean i i think it's a good time to be a comedian i think it listen i like parameters you know i don't have boundaries so if somebody tells me i can't say something i'm like okay great thank you for giving me a, a, a like a a real set of of boundaries because Mm. otherwise I'd go off the rails. So I'm all on board with respecting people whose feelings have been hurt for years Mm -hmm. and years and years. I'm I'm on board with that. I think the key to all of this is not resisting change and accepting it and going with the flow and getting Mm -hmm. more clever and sharper about your material instead of going after the obvious. But right now the obvious target is middle-aged straight white men who don't seem to get the fucking message about what's going on. That's an easy target, but also worth discussing because there's a group of men like you know who think they're woke and liberal and they get it but they still don't get it they Mm -hmm. still don't understand because even women are having a hard time understanding it sometimes you know this structural like systemic sexism isn't something that can just be undone because we've identified it we have to talk about it and we have to explain to men I would say mansplain almost to men exactly why it's so important to pay attention in this like fragile period. You know, it's for all marginalized groups, but it's also specifically, you know, a movement about women. And it's important for everyone to just pay close attention so that the sooner we can all get through it, the sooner we can get past it, you know, like instead of making it a conversation, it almost feels like it's becoming a war and it should just be a conversation. Right. That's a great point. The fact that it's, 
that it has warlike tendencies when it comes to debate and difference um, is is insane. And you know what you said uh, is is true. It's it's more of a it's an understanding, and it's one that that we shouldn't be afraid to to you know embark on like this i i can say you know with the the things and the shit that i've been through the best lessons are ones that you can truly say you've learned from and that you grew from right but i i think that everybody has to be open to to saying well i don't know everything and i i do need to put myself in a position to learn more so that I can probably receive more and do better. And I think that goes with men and women. You, you've done a great job though, Chelsea, at, at, uh, at, at being a comedian, but also not being afraid to use your voice. Like, you know, you're very vocal when it comes to politics, when it comes to your stance, when it comes to your feeling, um, do you find, do you find that that's something that you have to kind of, kind of, kind of, I guess you could say navigate correctly, or is it one of this is who I am, and when my feelings are this, I say it. It has nothing to do with this or that. I'm a comedian, I'm a personality, but I'm also a person that knows right from wrong, and here's what I feel. Like, how do you make the decision when to be vocal, um, and, and at what level to be vocal at? Well, you know, I don't have a lot of foresight in these things. I just kind of act on my emotion and how I'm feeling at a time, and it's very easy for me to be loud and stand up for something when I think something is wrong, right? Like I, I take a lot of pride in that part, part of my personality. Like I'm never going to be the person that's not going to say anything in my stand up. You know, I tell the story about going to dinner with Woody Allen and Suni Previn one night. And I was like, I was, I was at this dinner it was like Prince Andrew, Katie Couric and, 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 uh, Suni Previn and Woody Allen. And I, and I'm just at Charlie Rose. And I'm like, I'm not going to be a person that's going to sit at dinner with Woody Allen and not say something. I just can't be, I wow. can't be that. So I waited. What did you say? What did you say? I waited. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Until oh my God. dessert. <laughs> How many courses? We had, it was a long dinner. Courses? And we had, we had a dessert. And I was talking to Woody Allen. Where, wait, where are you sitting and where is Woody sitting? I'm sitting next to Woody Allen. And I was talking with him in a friendly manner for about an hour, <laughs> two hours. And then when he was taking a bite of his pie, I said, so how did you two meet? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait a minute. And the pie flew out of his mouth back onto the plate. <sighs> Suni Previn was a little bit out of it. She didn't really catch it. He caught it, and then everyone else caught it. And then Katie Couric looked at me, and she said, Chelsea, I think it's time for us to go. <laughs> and I said, great, I'm ready. Estoy lista, I said. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. I got... Oh, fuck. So that's how I feel about politics and activism is I'm not going to not say anything because too many people didn't say anything. And that's why we have so many problems in the first place. So I know people get annoyed with my political activism. I know I'm loud and, you know, I'm sure it's gotten me into trouble. But I have to be honest, like, if I don't say something, then I won't I won't be able to live with myself. Has there been anything that you have said that you have that 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 night after? You you replay in your head and go whoa, that's, I shouldn't 
I might have taken it a little too far on that one. But <laughs> and that one? No, 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 no. With him? No, not Maybe. that one. I'm saying another, like, what, another give night. me an example of one that you said oh. in the moment you're great, but then later you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, no, no. I've definitely said some things that, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't think of them because, you know, oh, God. Oh, I've, I've said so many things where I'm like, you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, shit. What the fuck did I do now? You know, I mean, that's a regular with me. But, you know, in moments like that, if I hadn't said something, I would have been so mad at myself. And it felt so good. You know, I just sailed home that night. I just was walking through New York City, you know, like with, with a parasol. I just felt so incredible. By the way, if I had been invited to that dinner and I get there and I look at those names and I see you at that table. You're on my kids, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea. On my kids. Listen, That's so funny. So true. I, I am going, and Nico's going to go, why Why are we going? I said, you thank me in the morning. We're out. We're, we're out of here. I will I will say this, though, to my listeners. Chelsea is probably one of the most fun people uh, because of that reason. You know, she's, she's extremely outspoken. She's honest, uh, but she's personable. And she has this thing that you just don't, you don't come across often in the business that we're in, which which is just real. She's she's real. What you see is what you fucking get. And it's not it's not a made up identity. It's not a false personality or a created character. Like this is really who she is. And I and I can say I genuinely enjoy you for that reason. I remember we were in Aspen, right? When we were in Aspen and me and Nico, we end up spending New Year's in Aspen and um I remember Kate. Kate was like, uh, Kev come on, you got to come to the house. And she was like, you just should come. And I was like, yeah, but we got the kids here and it's a lot. I, I don't know. She was like, no, I'm serious. Come on. You got to come. And I said, who's going to be there? And Kate was like, Ollie's going to be there. She knows I like Oliver. And she goes, oh, God, Chelsea, Chelsea's in town. I said, what? Is Chelsea coming? And I immediately hit you. I said, you going to Kate's? And he was like, yeah, I'm going, bitch. Are you going? And that was enough for me. That was enough for me. That was enough. I didn't need that. That was the else. day. Wait, wait, wait. That was the day you tried to ski, remember? Because yes. you know you think you can ski and I you're not ski. great. It's, I can't. Well, ski. yeah. Okay. I, you, I mean, ski. you can get down the mountain. Let's be honest, Kevin. I've seen videos. They're not great. I don't listen. I don't have to be a professional at everything. Oh, I really? Be, Since when? Well, I'm. That's the thing. I think people's expectations. I have a funny story about you I'd like to share with your listeners. So at a certain point, Should I screen this? During the show. <laughs> at a certain point during Chelsea Lately, I remember the bookers came and they're like, Kevin doesn't want to do the round table anymore because you had done, I think, your first big movie. And they were like, Kevin wants to be a guest now. And and they were kind of like rolling their eyes like, oh, look, he's getting too big for his britches. And I was like, oh, I go, well, good for him. Like, way to say I'm not, not going to be on the round table anymore. I'm going to be on the show. And then you were on the show. So that was a cute move that you did. And I liked it. I respected that. You were setting yourself mm -hmm. up for success for listeners, right? And then the next time you were on my Chelsea show on Netflix, you came out 
and my dog was barking at you and you <laughs> called my dog racist and very racist yeah dog. and that was a moment that i'll never forget because i peed a little bit that day from laughing so a hard very racist fucking dog the dog i saw that dog look at everybody on that goddamn set and not have a problem my little black ass approached that goddamn set and that dog went off you know when you walk that it's a little bit like jerky like kind of what is that you know what? like electrocutional style like like, like what do you what does that mean <laughs> like you have a spark and it so you're moving in a way that could be alert you know that could alert animals <laughs> I can't fucking stand it. You move with a spark. A fucking spark. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. I want to know this, Chelsea. For me, and I never asked you this. Smile, Kevin. Smile, Kevin. I'm taking a picture. That, no, that's not a smile. Did you get it? Because I, I gave a good one. Just take the fucking picture. Why can't you do it no, like that? No, that wasn't a smile either. Smile. Smile like you're at the Olympics. That's a good one. Uh, here's a question. Who inspires Chelsea? Who does Chelsea look at in the business, out the business, whoever? Who inspires Chelsea, right? Like, I, uh, comedian, uh, I mean, just, are we talking personality, actress, who? Who does it for Chelsea Handler? Um... Well, I get a lot of inspiration from a lot of people. I like honesty and I like bravery. I love Amy Schumer because she's brave and she's honest and she's out there. I love Amy. And she's the best ambassador for almost everybody. You know, that is a person who posts for everyone's TV show and everyone's special. You know, she, she doesn't have mm -hmm. to do that. And it's, that's unusual, too. So I love her. I respect that a lot. Friend of the show. I can say that. She's a friend of the show. I never could say that before, but now I can say that. Amy Schumer is a friend of the show. So if you tell her you did it, she's like, oh, my God, I did Comedy Gold Mines, too. I'm a friend of the show. So go ahead. I think that was it. <laughs> Is that it? Just Amy Schumer? I mean, I guess if you're going to interrupt like that after each one, then, yeah, I don't have I don't know how many are going to be friends of the show. Well, I was going to say a couple, and then I hope they haven't been on the show if you're going to do that, though. Like, let me, do you have a list of the people that have said no, and I can pick one from that list? I don't think nobody said no. It's a big deal. I respect Sarah Silverman a lot. Oh, she's nice. She's a friend of the show. <laughs> has she been on the show? Yes. No, she hasn't. Yes, she has she? Has. Uh, I was trying to pick somebody I didn't think had been on the show. <laughs> um, has she been on? Yes. Has she? <laughs> yes. Friend of the show. A lot of people are friends of the show. You know, yeah, it's yeah. Good it sounds like it. It sounds like it. So I'm just going to not name any more people just to cut this conversation <laughs> a little bit shorter. <laughs> what else is next, Chelsea? You're doing your tour. What's after the tour? You love goddamn books. You love writing books. I mean, there's another book in the plans. What's going on with you with acting? 
Oh, well, I want to actually, I want to do, I was going to do, I was so bummed. I wanted to do this Netflix movie, uh, this book movie, Ivy and Bean, that my nieces love. I was going to play a principal teacher. I said yes, but now I have my tour. Um, I have my first date is in Santa Barbara and it conflicts with the movie. And because of COVID, I couldn't go back and forth. So I was going to do a movie. I want to do a movie with you or Joe or one of you guys. Don't fucking threaten me with a good time. Where I'm ye yelling at you. You got to look out for good roles for me with you that we can have fun in. I don't think we've ever missed on camera. You, you've never missed. Well, I mean, no, because if with me, it's a home run, you know, and then you, it's like it's 100 percent. I can say with you, you, you just got a thing. There's a thing. And it, it makes me it kind of makes me upset that I don't see you on them or 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 doing them more. And I know, you know, schedule and, and other things of the past, uh, your show and stuff is, you know, that was the priority. But there is no world where you on screen just isn't fucking great. Like there's 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 a thing that I just know that you have. And if, if put in the right position, you know, you're you you just gotta there's there's two people that I know that you would fucking just be and and be amazing at and when you talk about that that yelling that 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 putting that anger on display that anger that that you that you got to keep suppressed a little bit that you kind of control now that you don't like that you have to control but you can control it putting you in a place where it's okay to fucking let it out I would love it. I would love to do something with you, Chelsea. We're taking my last book. Yeah, no, no. I would love to do something with you, too. We're taking my last book, Life Will Be the Death of Me, and we're turning that into a TV show with me to star in. So that's one acting job that I'm excited about and ready to do because before I wasn't interested in acting. You know, when you're with the talk show, you just have so much going on. It's not... I'm never like, you know, I always want vacation. That's what I want. Like, I want my, you know, like, I'm always looking for that. Like, everything feels like a responsibility or a commitment for me. Like, I'm commitment phobic like that. As soon as I'm comfortable, I like to shake it up, you know? Um, commitment phobic, is that a thing? Is that real? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Like, I don't like to sign deals that are, like, longer than a year or two years really? or do anything like that. Yeah, I like to have, be able to, like, hop and, you know, cut and run if I want to. I want to be able to go live in Spain for six months if I need to. Like, go write a book there. I like, you know, this life of, like, kind of leisure that I've been able to live. I mean, it's because of, you know, I, because of taking breaks and actually saying, okay, this is actually a part of becoming happy and this is part of my happiness and and take and taking that into account and not you know burning myself to the ground helps me a lot you know helps me a lot stay grounded are you are you in a happy space now um i mean i'm talking to you so obviously you know i'm elated <laughs> you seem happy you seem very happy to me I am pretty happy, Kevin. I have to be honest with you. I'm pretty happy that I, uh, you know, I've, in the last couple of years, like I've never felt more, <sighs> I've never felt more confident in my life decision-making skills about remaining childless and single than I have during the pandemic. Wow, they're strong. I mean, that was, I was like, wow, I don't want to beep my own horn or toot my own horn, but well, beep, beep. You know what I mean? I, I don't ever have to fucking hear the word homeschooling. I didn't have to plan on murdering a husband. I could have sex when I wanted to with my COVID tests, you know, and test people in my backyard. I mean, I had like the life of Riley. For the first two weeks, I just took mushrooms every day and just wrote material. And then I was like, oh, this seems like it's going to go on for a while. I better get my shit together. But like being single is one of the be best gifts that I've given myself to, and remaining single for this long. Because now if I meet someone and I fall in love, which is very likely, right? Mm -hmm. If I meet someone and fall in love, 
I'm not a little kid anymore who makes bad decisions. I'm an adult woman who makes great decisions. Mm. Like I know good quality. I know what I care about. I know value. And I know like I'm smart enough. You know, I don't doubt myself in a way I did when I was younger. So now if I meet somebody, it's not going to end in divorce. As, wow. you know, like it would have if I had done this when I was 30. I love that. I love that you are, I love that you're okay with saying that. Like, I think, I think self-awareness is the best kind of awareness, you know, knowing, knowing where your pros and cons are and you saying things like commitment phobia and now being in a place where like, you feel like you've done it the right way. And if that thing were to come, you would be able to handle it correctly. That's strong. That's strong. And you know what? I would, I would love to see the man that signs up for this. You know, I would, I would love to, I would love to meet him. I would love to meet him and simply say, buddy, you're in for a fucking a world of laughs daily. And you're in for a goddamn adventure. What a fucking person that is truly capable of keeping a smile on your face that you didn't know that you were capable of having. That's what a Aww. Chelsea Hamlin can do. And I can say that because I know it. I, I know it to be true. And I love that you are fucking unapologetically you. I said it before as we were talking earlier in the podcast. But, you know, even more just for you to say things like, yeah, well, I am single and I'm enjoying this part of my life. And falling in love now, I would be able to do it right. Like, that's a dope thing to say. That's a dope thing to say and to be aware of once again. And I love that. I love that, Chelsea. I love that you said that. So for our, our men out there who are actively on OnlyFans, Chelsea has a hidden page. Is Chelsea underscore Handler. Uh, not to be capital C. It's a capital C and a lowercase h. Capital, capital. Not to be confused with the lowercase, lowercase. Uh, family, right? Um, with your family. Brothers, sisters, anybody? There's five, there's six of us, six, three boys and three girls, three boys, three girls. And is that where you get your, uh, fulfilled for kids? Uh, yeah, I've got nieces and nephews. My sister moved in. She invaded my house, uh, during COVID with her three adult children. One was 24, one was 21 and one was 18. And I, she's like, we're going to come down from San Francisco and stay with you. And I'm like, where am I going to go? And so every <laughs> moved in with these kids and every night they would have dinner at like nine 30. And I'm like, I, I purposely don't want to have dinner with children, you know, like ever really, maybe once a year on vacation or something, but like, that's not how I want to spend my time. I want to be with adults or be upstairs reading a book. I don't want to be having, you know, a family dinner. That's why I'm fucking single. And did you guys get closer? Uh, did, it, did it bring you guys a lot closer? Together? I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, <laughs> I mean, it was hard. It was really hard. There was a lot of crying, a lot of emotional stuff, you know, the girls, but what I couldn't understand was that my, my sister, I was like, these are, these are adult children. Like, why are they here? I don't understand. Like how long <laughs> is the parenting going on for? And she's like, Oh my God, it's for life. And I thought, well, that's another thing that nobody says, you know, people say 18 years. And then all of a sudden you're dealing with, you know, my 24 year old nephew, who's, who's complaining about being horny in the middle of a pandemic because he can't get laid because of COVID. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me that you, I have to listen to my 24 year old nephew talk to me about how horny he is while well, he's preventing me from getting penetrated in my own fucking house are you kidding me you, you compromise my comfort by coming here Get out which of my doesn't, face. Which doesn't <laughs> it doesn't stop though you know what nobody prepares you 
for the shit that comes with fucking parenthood, man. Like, Chelsea, you know, I'm a family of goddamn six now. We got four kids. Well, whose fault is that, Kevin? Well, obviously mine, but, but that's not what I'm talking about. We don't need to point the finger at who makes the babies. We need to point the finger at what comes with the babies. And what I will tell you, when these kids start to grow up, it's different, man. It's different. And and there is a scary there is a scary side of they're gonna be out the house soon. And and I can understand like the fear of a parent who's had that connection for for years. You know, I don't know how sixteen years flew by. My daughter's sixteen years old. We're talking Ugh. about college next year. Yeah. And we're talking yeah. about college and, and where And she, dating and oh. sex. Well, we're not talking about the dating. Well, person. you're not, but she's thinking about well, it. Or a talk. I told her that we have to have the talk. And she, actually, well, you know what she said? It's too late. First of all, she's already 16. You should you know have had that talk when she was I 11. Even, I can't even fucking tell you what she but said. Seriously. I made a promise. Like, I made a yeah, promise don't, to her. And I said, yeah, don't I tell be us. Better. I can't. I, I can't do it. But no one's asking you to. So just stop I talking know that, about but it. I want, I, want, I want her to know that I respect what she said. And I caught myself just now. You think she's listening to this podcast? Heaven I mean, come on. Everything I do. Heaven is well, a daddy's I... girl. She is a daddy's okay. girl. Okay. Oh, hi, oh. honey. Yes, you can you can say hi. And she's a fan. She likes you. She's a daddy's girl. She'll listen to this podcast and all the rest. And then she tells me how I did. Hmm? See that? See that right there? That's what happens. Now, does my son listen to me? Absolutely not. My son still doesn't know what I do for a living. My son, my son is... Why doesn't he look up and find out? Okay. All right. That's enough. Jesus fucking Christ, Chelsea. Uh, family... Chelsea says is not uh, in her basic space at the moment, but uh, what she is is accepting and willing to uh, engage in love if and when it comes. This is something that we learned today, and it was here on Comedy Gold Mines. That's breaking news. Uh, I don't know if you guys realize that or not, listeners, but it is. Chelsea, another question. As you see, I have tons of hard-hitting questions. Yeah, you're really prepared, well-prepared for this, Kevin. Way to go. This is how you bring 100% to everything you do. I bring 100%. Matter of fact, I'm changing it to 1,000%. That's even worse. Why is it 1,000% Because that's not really, why? That's not that hard to think of. To go from 100 to 1,000 is obvious. Okay. I'm just saying it's all obvious. Okay. It's like writing LOL. Like, is that necessary to write LOL? If you're really laughing, aren't you busy laughing? You know what? You're 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 an asshole. Okay, so let's just say let's just say <laughs> you're an asshole. Okay, all right. That's what you are. You're just an asshole. Uh, on your tour, any comedians opened up for you? Who'd you take with you? Oh yeah, yeah. I've got Sarah Cooper opening it for me at my shows at the Beacon in New York, and I've got this great girl Vanessa Gonzalez. All women. Good for you. Uh, Good yeah, for you. always. Some guy asked me on a plane like a few weeks ago. He's like, hey, could I open from you? And I was like, no fucking way, asshole. You think <laughs> I'm going to let some white guy open for me when there are women that need experience going up in front of big, huge audiences? You really think I'm going to take a male opener? I, I love that. I love that. I honestly love that. I support it. Uh, how many do you have that you rotate? Is it just two or do you have like more? No, I'm trying a bunch of girls. I have this girl, Hannah Einbinder. She's from the show Hacks. She opens for me sometimes. She's awesome. She just opened for me at the Mirage. But yeah, I'm just trying out a bunch of girls. I want to just find out who the new comics are, you know? Like I'm as interested in, you know, developing. I have a production deal where we try and develop for young voices that I love. So I'm always trying to find women, you know, who haven't had the experience or the stage time and give it to them. That's so strong. And 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 honestly, that's what that's what I think our biggest uh, our biggest strength is. 
and and what we are and what we've become is to have the ability to go and produce uh, and and create the platform or opportunity for that next generation. That's that's what I find so much joy in and uh, saying, hey, come here and it's the new faces. It's the, you know, uh, amateur comics that that need to know where to go and do specials, how to do specials. Here's a place where we're doing 15 minutes or 30 minutes specials. Like we do this big thing with uh, Just for Laughs, the comedy special, uh, the comedy festival where we put on like 150 specials and I tape them and, and we go and release them, but we make them talent friendly so that they're, they're in favor of the comedian and not the producer, how most of them are and they're like on the opposite side of it. So hearing you say what you want to do for these women, uh, that's strong. We need more of it. We need more of it. So to our other comedians out there that are that are really, uh, you know, doing things on a big level, man, it, it really says a lot about you and our craft when we constantly look back and uh, create doors or roads to bigger doors that can be opened up. That's how this thing keeps getting bigger. It just keeps getting bigger, Chelsea. You know that? Your door is getting bigger, you mean? Well, the doors keep getting bigger. Like the same doors that I'm walking through now, when somebody else walks through them, this would already be open, and they're going to find another door, and it's going to be so much bigger than these And doors. what were the doors that you and Snoop were walking through during the Olympics? His door was definitely probably a different size, don't you think? <sighs> That's a fucking height joke. That's a height joke, isn't it? No. You proud of yourself? No. Well, yeah. That I makes mean, you happy? How could I not? I mean, yeah. Fuck, it makes Why you do you think you guys were doing that in the first place? Because of the height joke. Okay? Okay. So all why right. don't we just not, don't get it twisted. Okay. First of all, this, what you're talking about is a dynamic like no other. Okay. Snoop and myself talking sports. It may be one of the best finds that I've ever had in my life. One of the best finds. What we're doing is doing it in a way to where nobody else can. It's letting Snoop be himself. And you know why? You know why I did it? I don't know if you noticed or not, Snoop, he, uh, he acted as a broadcaster for the Mike Tyson-Roy Jones fight. And when I tell you, Chelsea, I have never laughed harder in my life than listening to Snoop. He was like, oh, this look like, look like my uncle's fighting in the backyard. Mama, Uncle Joe and Ray out here. Like, he just, he was a different, he was a different voice than anything I've ever heard in a broadcasting space. And I said, if I can find that thing, that right thing, and sit with Snoop Wade. I said it could be special. And the Olympics came up. Do you feel like you have do you feel like you have more chemistry with Snoop or more chemistry with The Rock? Uh me and me and DJ don't get along. So so Snoop. Nobody knows this, but I don't like Dwayne. No, I know, I, I know. Really, Nobody gets along with I don't with really the like Dwayne though. And and honestly, my back hurts from carrying him all these years. So, so uh -huh. that's that. That's another yeah. thing. That's another thing. That's mm -hmm. a longer conversation with is Listen. it or is it a shorter okay. one? All right, Chelsea, this, that, that means we're getting close. It's almost time to wrap this up. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you enjoy what I enjoy. And that's getting into the mind of such an amazing talent. And that's what we do here. Comedy Gold Minds is about understanding the minds of these brilliant comedians. And oh, my God, what an amazing mind we got into today. Talking about the mind of Chelsea Hamler. It doesn't get any better. Chelsea, a friend you are, a sister I call you, but a fan I will forever be. Don't fucking change. Don't change. Stay the same. And I can't wait to fucking sit on a goddamn porch somewhere with you one day when we're skiing, whether it be Aspen or one of those other weird mountains that you go to that I can't pronounce. And we just talk about the times when. That's what I look forward to. See that? You talk about your time off. That's the time off that I'm looking fucking forward to. I love you, Chels, and I appreciate you. I love you, Kevin. I appreciate you, too. This was really fun. Always fun with you. I told you it was going to be fun.
I don't know why you would say that. As if I think wasn't. when you asked me, I said, of course, right away, anytime, anytime, Kevin, anytime. That's always the answer. Anytime. Goodbye. Love you. It's not the first time you said that to a black man. Comedy Gold Mines is a serious XM and LOL audio production. Executive produced by Kevin Hart, Ty Randolph, and Eric Weil. With Tastemakers Media, Emil Garner, and Ian McDonald. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix.